Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. We are back with Robert Kappelman, Bachelor of Science degree from Stetson University and completed undergraduate requirements in chemical and civil engineering and received a master's degree in environmental engineering from the University of Florida. His graduate research area was atmospheric photochemistry. He is a registered professional engineer in the state of Florida. Robert, you know it's a well-known fact that the Vikings had farms, grew crops, and had animals on, in Greenland. Uh, which is now covered by a glacier two miles thick. And uh, we've discussed that before, is that there was a two to 300-year period when that was possible. And then the climate changed, and, well, they were forced out. They could not maintain their colonies there, and they had to, uh, they tried to adapt, I guess, as long as they could. And then eventually they said, this is foolish. We're going back to where we can grow things. And it also brings up another really important point from a scientific point of view. When you show things on a graph, it doesn't necessarily mean that changes on the graph graph are caused by the, the, the things that you're measuring. Causation is not the same as change. It, uh, this is the whole thing. Sometimes there's a coincidence, sometimes there is a correlation, and sometimes there's cause and effect. Until you can prove cause and effect, you, you don't have anything. Now, one of the things that I've done in uh, different presentations is to take a nice cold can of soda pop, I guess that's an old expression, and a, a warm can of soda open them both at the same time, one of them loses its fizz faster than the other. Now, the fact that you're also a former researcher, could you surmise which can lost its fizz first, the cold can or the warm can? I think I flunked that class, so why don't you tell me? Well, uh, a cold liquid will hold more gas than a warm liquid. So if it gets warm, the gas is going out. Now, it's chicken and egg, and this is where no one really wants to discuss the chicken and the egg, but if the earth is naturally getting warmer, biological activity increases, therefore decomposition of uh, organic material, which releases CO2, methane, uh, so on, 
the ocean can't hold as much CO2 as it did before. So you may have uh, not as much held, or maybe more, you don't know. The point is, is, is the temperature causing the CO2 to go up or is the CO2 causing the temperature to go up? If you look at the gas laws and the fact that biological activity is increasing at warmer temperatures, chances are the CO2 emissions may be linked um, to that temperature increase as opposed to causing the temperature to increase due to the increased CO2. There's a lot of stuff, and when you look through this, and, and this is one last point I wanted to make, the UN has put the pressure on the big data companies to de-emphasize, if not totally to eliminate, the graph that I sent you, I used in a, two, a 2007 presentation, it's a 2003 graph, you cannot find that graph anymore on the internet. You cannot find that graph. At least I spent an hour uh, looking for that graph, and it's it's not there because the fact that most of the greenhouse gases are natural does not fit with the narrative. So what do you do? You get rid of anything that disagrees with the narrative. The uh, Your comparison to religion really makes sense because the heretics are – burned at the stake, but they're burned by being eliminated off the internet. And uh, you can't um, you can't find some of these. Now, some of the uh, outfits, one of them is the CO2 Coalition, which has a lot of the old, uh, a lot of the UN scientists that got fed up with the shenanigans with the IPCC and started telling the truth through their own website. But uh, again, uh, this is the, the public is being vastly misled. Part of it is the, they're true believers. Most of it is power and money. Because if I'm in the uh, selling solar uh, systems, I want to just hit the CO2 is the most evil thing in the world. If I'm doing windmills, it's the most evil thing. If I'm a nuclear energy guy, CO2 is the worst thing in the world. Uh, but also, if I want to have power, I want to start saying, look, you've got to do this to save the planet. You've got to do that to save the planet. And what the UN is telling us is you, you, you're living, your houses are too big. They've got to be smaller. We've got to put you all together to save the planet. Oh, my gosh, you know, we need to read. We need to grow forests back. There's too much farmland. You people are eating too well. You know, no more cows, no more beef. It's like. Wow, but this is more about power because they've got you. And too many people are just rolling over because they can't get the truth because the truth is inconvenient. Well, the truth is always inconvenient when the people in power uh, can't exert control. That's what it's really about. Uh, you know, uh, I will say several things in, 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 that I think is important. Uh, if I want to go back to the discussion of models, uh, there is that saying, garbage in, garbage out, and that's really what we're dealing with. They can, by changing the parameters, by 
changing the what they are guessing at will be the ranges, whether the top of the range or the bottom of the range. This is what generates predictions that can be controlled. Uh, so when you have predictions controlled by computer models, obviously the people with the agenda who put the data in are the ones who get the data out that they want. Isn't that how you see it with those? Yeah, this is a phenomenon that's happened over the last 30 years, and we call it outcome-based science, outcome-based economics. This is what I want to do. Uh, tweak my variables so it gives me the answer I want. This is what's happening with the UN models. Uh, the problem is something is catching up with them because they are consistently over-predicting because they use carbon dioxide, the greenhouse gases, and land use as the two main variables to drive the models. And it's about a factor of three. Even that is probably, uh, you know, a, even greater than that. Uh, there's only one model that has been able to, to track what the temperature has actually done over the last 30 years, because so, we have about 30 years worth of data now with the models. And it turns out to be the Russian model, if you can believe that. And the Russian model does not overemphasize greenhouse gases and land use. So that's an interesting, an interesting. We are back with Robert Kappelman, Bachelor of Science degree from Stetson University and completed undergraduate requirements in chemical and civil engineering and received a master's degree in environmental engineering from the University of Florida. His graduate research area was atmospheric photochemistry. He is a registered professional engineer in the state of Florida. Robert, so obviously carbon dioxide is extremely, is extremely important. Uh, we know that if you if you attended a science class in elementary school, you know that uh, human uh, that living animals uh, taken in, in oxygen give off carbon dioxide. Plants take in carbon dioxide and give off oxygen. I mean, that's the balance of of nature on Earth, and that's been obviously as long as there's been life. That balance has been necessary because if there weren't plants. Uh, to give off oxygen, we wouldn't have any. In addition to which, if we didn't give off the carbon dioxide, we wouldn't have any food. So is, speak a bit about that balance, which is really so fun, so important to understanding life of all kinds on Earth. Well, everything begins with the photosynthesis where the, uh, you know, the CO2 is taken in by the plant with water vapor. It has a catalyst, chlorophyll, and it produces a, a simple sugar, which then can be developed to a more complicated sugar, to a carbohydrate. And my goodness, you've got fiber, you know, uh, you have wood for furniture, and you've got food to eat. Now, the, what people don't realize is that the tree also needs um, oxygen to live like we do. We, we, we look at the photosynthesis and we say, well, this is great. This, uh, the, the plant has a net positive emission of carbon dioxide. 
but it uses uh, uh, you know carbon dioxide as a, a uh, you know a basic source to produce itself. But at night, it still has to grow. So it has to use some of the food it produces for the energy for the plant to grow. So it actually emits some carbon dioxide, part of its own respiratory system. So it, it just produces more oxygen uh, uh, than it needs, and that excess goes to us. Thank goodness. So, uh, I mean, that's really a very important fact. Uh, but... Of course, without sufficient carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, plants don't really grow very well, do they? No. There have been times in geologic history when the CO2 is extremely low, you get very low plant growth. And in fact, they've done enough studies to have a number that once you get less than about 160 parts per million CO2 in the atmosphere, the plants don't grow. Uh, they can last a little bit, but if they don't get more CO2, they die. They don't, they don't grow. They don't do anything. You drop it even below that, they're not going to live. If they don't live, we don't live. Because if they're not there to produce the food that we need, uh, the food that, for animals that we eat, the whole thing stops. So and this is the, you know, the crazy thing is, the UN is now, because the models, see, they're getting hoisted on their own petard, the models indicate we can't stop it. This is the thing that came out of the last big, big study that I reviewed uh, a couple months ago. It says we can't stop it. We can make it not so bad, but it's still going to be horrible, but it won't be quite as horrible if we just get this down. But I'm afraid, and this, the head of the UN said, we're going to need to start taking CO2 out of the atmosphere. We're going to have to have big machines. Of course, a tree does the same, the same thing, but the tree's not doing enough. We're going to have to develop a machine to basically take carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Now, imagine great science fiction. The machine goes crazy and sucks all the daggum carbon dioxide out, and the world ends in a whimper. Well, that's what that would actually happen. I mean, so right now at about 440 parts per million, we're getting reasonable growth. And, you know, in order to feed everyone on Earth, we need really more plant growth, not less. Uh, yeah. Taking the carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere is is obviously foolish. And, and people who don't understand that are just ignorant of the of those kind of facts. But I don't fault I don't fault people. I fault the leaders who are doing this for a specific purpose. And I know you have an opinion on that. Well, the the fact is most of these people are being used by that. You know, you, there's a an innate thing within the human to want to be part of something bigger than themselves. So you've done a great job of, uh, you know, knocking uh, God out of the corporate square and the public square, and people are looking. So here's something you can be part of saving the planet. So it, it uh, people feel good about that. the The problem is the the leaders, the people that really know what's going on, know that this is not 
the fact that humans are changing the, the planet. It's a great grab for power and money, and it is it is working. You've got people that are really really caught up in this. They're 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 basically innocents on this. But when you when you look at reality, when you look at how little the percent that humans are contributing is as much as it sounds when they talk about, you know, billions, you know, five billion tons of carbon dioxide that man's emitting. But you look on the cycle. Well, that's, you know, that's, you know, a couple percent in the total uh, carbon cycle. So logic says there's 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 very little way to express how that can be. but there it is. And so all you can really do is push back. Unfortunately, the good data that was readily available, you know, 20 years ago on the Internet has been pretty well scrubbed. And the U.N. just a couple of weeks ago was bragging on the fact that they had convinced all the big tech companies, all the Internet uh, uh, operators in this, the, the Googles, uh, they were very proud of Google. They got Google to say, well, yeah, I'm not going to take everything off, but I'm going to put it down where you're going to have to go to number 10. If you know how it works, you get the first row of uh, hits, and then you can go to a second row and a third row. and a fourth. Get this good information, put it down in the last trunch of uh, data. And this is what I found in just trying to get some of my graphs back from some of my earlier presentations. Just not there. So it's it's a it's a serious thing because you've got so much money involved in this. I've got a good friend uh, that says yeah, I can't I can't get any research to prove that it may not be as bad as people say it is. You know, just a moderation of it, and no one's interested in giving uh, at least the government. People are not interested in in grants to show that maybe there's a better way than what they're proposing, because clearly um, adaptation, even if even if you believe that this uh, man is one of the big drivers of climate, the most cost effective way to deal with climate change is adapt and adaptation. uh, Give you an idea of adaptation. Okay, hurricanes. If you go to a site where it's a true hurricane science, the hurricanes have been getting less severe than they were in the past. But let's say that you're thinking that man is changing the climate and we've got to protect these these homes better. Well, if you look and as tragic as the Fort Myers area was, all the homes virtually that were built with the new codes standing like nothing really happened. The old older homes uh, that have the still 1950s, 1960s building codes gone. So you could adapt uh, if there was man affecting the climate. Uh, the fact is, uh, the UN has said uh, the models indicate we can't even stop the worst of it. We can make it not so bad. Uh, fortunately, they're wrong. But even let's say they were right, uh, you know, you, you can't you can't stop it. So you better adapt. And if you don't, I I, I don't mean to cut you off there, but the cost of doing what the U.N. wants to do is financially ruinous 
you you basically will turn society on its head. You'll have us all clustered together in little compounds and not eating much food. And uh, the bottom line is a lot of them think the best way we can deal with this is to get rid of so many humans. And I've heard that said in some of these crazy things I go to when I sit like a fly on the wall. But it's like there, there are too many people. We're using too many resources. So we've got to get the people not to use so many resources. And one great solution is not have, have so many people. Gee, I wonder if that's going on in any place. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning.